eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. It is the pregame pod. Our preview of Auburn's opposition. This time it is week three. Samford, a traditional opponent for the Tigers, is coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. Speaking of ESPN+, Plus, that is our guest today, is uh, Blake Gardner, who's down there in Birmingham. And if you live in the Birmingham area, you've probably heard his voice um, for a number of, uh, of, of sporting events, from soccer to basketball. Um, to Samford football as well. Blake, thank you so much for uh, for hopping on today. I guess before we get rolling, tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do in the uh, in the Birmingham area. Yeah, appreciate you ha- for having me, Nathan. Uh, as you said, plenty busy uh, in the Birmingham sports community. Um, so I do quickly. I do all the play by play TV broadcasts for the Birmingham Squadron, who are the NBA G League affiliate for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, do all the TV play-by-play broadcast for Birmingham Legion. We play in the USL Championship, which is the league below MLS and the American Soccer Pyramid. Um, and then do Sanford men's basketball, football, and baseball on ESPN+. Plus, um, and then fill in on a couple of random things elsewhere. But yeah, between between those things, it uh, keeps me busy. I'm uh, still excited to be heavily involved with, uh, with Sanford, my alma mater. Uh, graduated from there in 2016. Uh, and excited to see what this... this football season has in store still just a couple of weeks into it so you will be in the building on on saturday correct i'll be there i'll be there in fact uh my little sister is actually a junior at auburn so okay uh, we'll be a little bit of a house divided on saturday should be fun for sure for sure i think let's see i was i guess i was a senior at auburn they played in 2019 if i'm not mistaken was the uh was the last kind of a rainy game if i uh if I remember. Yeah. So that's like, like I mentioned at the beginning, this is obviously um, a traditional opponent for Auburn. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of inroads that cross between Auburn and Samford. And so, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze is still 
new to Auburn, but uh, it's always good to get it's always good to get Samford on campus. And Auburn uh, has tried to do that over the years with a lot of teams that they used to play back in the day. And obviously things have split off now. But I know Auburn fans you know that have been around the game for a while definitely like to see Samford um, coming into Jordan here. So I just want to get you know started a little bit talking about what this team looks like and kind of what the expectations were for this year. We'll get into the, their first couple games of the season. Um, including a, a result that was at least surprising to me last week. We'll get into it, of course. But um, when I looked at Samford, the first thing in the offseason that that stood out to me um, was the offense coming back from last year. Um, kind of bring everybody up to speed with what they accomplished, first of all, last year. I know it was one of their best seasons in a while, went pretty deep in the playoffs, and uh, and and the quarterback, who could be one of the best in the FCS, was uh, was, of course, a big reason why. For sure. So, yeah, for anybody that didn't know what Sanford did last year, they won the Southern Conference outright, which was their first football outright conference championship since before World War II. So it had been a long, long time since uh, Sanford had had this level of success. They ran through the Southern Conference undefeated, uh, made it to the FCS playoffs, actually had a first round bye, uh, did not have QB1 healthy for round two of the FCS playoffs and QB2, Quincy Crittenden, uh, stepped in and threw for 314 yards and three touchdowns, ran for nearly 100, including another rushing touchdown that got them to the FCS quarterfinals. Uh, they eventually fell, as many teams do, uh, to North Dakota State up in the Dakotas and Fargo Dome, um, but had a phenomenal season, 10-plus wins, uh, something that doesn't really happen at Sanford, or at least hasn't happened in a long time, and certainly they don't make it that deep in the FCS playoffs. So, an absolute banner year for Stanford a year ago, something they're trying to build on this year. Um, and as you said, they bring back a lot of key pieces um, from an offense that averaged almost 35 points a game a year ago by SP plus was top 10 in FCS. Uh, Michael hires the quarterback is kind of the engineer behind all that um, reigning Southern conference offensive player of the year was uh, voted an all American top five in the Walter Payton award voting a season ago, which is like the Heisman trophy of, FCS football. I mean, he threw for 3,500 yards, 36 touchdowns. He threw four interceptions all season long. I mean, just tremendous job by hires of taking care of the football. They were extremely efficient. Uh, hires completed over 70% of his passes. I mean, it was one of the most efficient offenses um, in all of FCS football. So he returns along uh, with their leading rusher, along with two of their top three wide receivers from a year ago. Um, so on paper, this this has the potential to be another really, really good offensive season, uh, which is something that Sanford, quite frankly, has been used to since Chris Hatcher's taken over the reins as head coach. I mean, Devlin Hodges, who started some games for the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago, was an excellent quarterback. Liam Welch was the engineer of the Sanford offense that hung 42 on Florida a couple of seasons back in the first half. So uh, Sanford's been blessed to have really good quarterback play, really good offenses, and that looks to be like it's going to be the case again here in 2023. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Auburn fans need to be reminded to be weary of, of FCS opponents at all times because it was just about seven years. The day they they unveiled the big Drumbotron, they almost lost at home in an overtime to uh, to Jacksonville State. And so I know I think this Auburn team is probably better than that, uh, than that Florida team, but again, it's just always – when you look back at those results, it's always a reminder to, to be on your A game um, every weekend. Yeah, that was Michael. Michael Hayers is, is how Hires. you pronounce it. Hires. Hires, yeah. yeah. He's a, a transfer quarterback himself, um, but one who had a really prolific year last year. And um, looking back on the defensive side of the ball, there was somebody I wanted to bring up with you as well before we get into these um, games. It's a, it's a name that might be familiar to some people in the Auburn area, Garrett Morris. 
um, the linebacker transfer from Penn, one of the most productive linebackers in the country on that level last season. What do they look like on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, and how good has he been so far this season? So Sanford kind of overhauled their defensive staff before last year, brought in Chris Boone, uh, who's now in his second season as a defensive coordinator, and they went heavy into the transfer portal a year ago. I mean, over half their starters a year ago uh, were transfers from either Division One FBS programs or FCS programs. Uh, the good news was they were significantly improved on defense a year ago, especially in the red zone. Uh, the bad news is when you do that, typically you've got to do that again, right? Like you got to dig back into the transfer portal for more old guys. So uh, that's exactly what they did here in 2023. Garrett Morris is one of those, those new pieces uh, that Sanford pulled out of the transfer portal. Uh, he was a first team all conference selection in the Ivy league. I think he had like 71 tackles a year ago, made 30 straight starts in the Ivy league for Penn. Uh, so a guy that's played a lot of football, he's, playing a lot of nickel for Sanford um, through the first couple of weeks, but really experienced player, obviously a guy that's going to be thrilled to be back at Auburn um, and hopefully a guy that continues to make a lot of tackles. He probably made a few too many tackles last week against Western Carolina. You don't want to see uh, your guys out of the secondary making as many tackles as he did, but uh, a guy that hopefully is going to be energized by, by getting back to his hometown in Auburn and is going to have a really good game. Yeah, it should be a nice, uh, should be a nice homecoming for him as well, lots of people he knows will probably be at that game. You mentioned the Western Carolina one. That was the that was the result that was a little bit surprising, at least to me. Way on the outside, uh, Sanford opens up the season with a uh, with a convincing win over Shorter. And then they go on the road to Western Carolina. Um, Thirty to seven was the final score. There, weird game, lightning delay. Very that that always throws things off. It's kind of strange, but um, Western Carolina really took it to him offensively. Five hundred forty six yards. Um, for the Catamounts, the biggest thing, though, Blake, that stood out to me looking at the stats is 41 minutes of time of possession. It's like Sanford didn't even have the ball in the game with an opportunity. What you know? How how surprising was that result, and kind of what went wrong for Sanford there? Yeah, it was it was pretty surprising. I mean, that's probably the worst Sanford game since. I mean, you probably got to go all the way back to like October, November, 2021 uh, to find a performance where Sanford got beat kind of in all three phases like they did in Cullowee. It was a weird game. I mean, it kicked off at 1.30 Central Time. They played a quarter and some change and then didn't pick up the second quarter until after, gosh, I mean, it was like 7 o'clock Central Time, so a long time to kind of sit around. Um, The biggest concern for Stanford, I mean, the offense put up seven points, um, but you look at the stats, I mean, higher still threw for 315. I mean, they were able to move the ball. They just lost a lot of key downs offensively. Hires took six sacks. Some of that was coverage. Some of that was offensive line. Uh, they had some key penalties, big offensive pass interference call, a couple of big holding calls. I mean, it was just kind of one of those days where offensively they, they moved the football. They didn't convert on fourth down, though, and they lost some key downs. And it, it really um, came back to bite them. The defensive concern was, I mean, Western Carolina held the ball that long in part because they ran the ball so well. I mean, nearly 300 yards of rushing on the ground. Um, this is a Sanford defense that's that's built to keep everything in front of them. They play a lot of three down. They play a lot of three safeties. They don't load the box. They will let you run the ball, move the football, and then they'll make life hard when you get to the red zone. But, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to give up almost 300 yards on the ground like Western Carolina was able to compile. So, Uh, that's probably the biggest concern as it stands right now, especially when you're looking at playing an Auburn team that if there's one thing offensively they've done here in the past couple of weeks, it's, it's moved the ball on the ground. So uh, yeah, very surprising results. Sanford was almost a double digit favorite going into Cullowee last week and, and didn't play well. So we'll see after a week coming back from that, obviously against a very strong opponent, what, 
what they have in store in this week's game plan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My question on, on defense is, well, number one, just how much of a sort of mulligan do you take that game for? Like how many, I guess, tangible issues did you see versus how much is Sanford just sort of saying, burn the game film, weird game, bad game, let's just move on, I guess – how much of their issues, maybe more so defensively, do you think are indicative of maybe some problems they'll have? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of kind of, hey, listen, it was a weird game. Who knows how good Western Carolina, I mean, they look like they've got some pretty good pieces. Uh, they look like they were going to be good last year and then just for whatever reason did not have a great year last year. They could be much better this year. So who knows? Maybe that loss doesn't look as bad when you look back on it in a month or so ago or a month or so later. Um, I think the biggest concern for Sanford is, okay, what does this defense look like stopping the run consistently on a week-to-week basis? How does it gel with so many new pieces? Because, I mean, you look at, really, aside from the front four, which doesn't have as many transfers, but once you get to the linebackers and the corners and the safeties, there's still a ton of new pieces who may have played a lot of football elsewhere but haven't played a lot of football together. And so when you get a result like that this early in the year, it's like, okay, is this – something that can be fixed like are these guys going to gel together and maybe the game plan gets tweaked a little bit and these are kind of things you can address maybe the run fits change a little bit maybe some guys that are just playing in some unfamiliar spots had some tough games or is it we don't really know what we have in this defense yet just because we have so many new pieces and who knows whether this gets fixed or not so i would say there's still a little bit of indecision um in that regard and I don't know how much this week is going to tell us for that, but certainly after after the Auburn game, when Sanford gets back to Southern Conference play at home against Chattanooga in a couple of weeks, that's that's really going to be the telltale sign of whether uh, Sanford defensively is going to have some long-term issues or whether that was just kind of a one-game blip. I think maybe you can draw some parallels, you know, if you if you squint a little bit between these two teams because uh, well, although Auburn went on the road and got a win against Cal like burning the film might be something they did as well on the offensive side ball. And that was a strange game for them too. I mean, you're kicking off at 1030 back on the East coast and um, so many things went wrong for them. So many turnovers. And like you said, Auburn fans this week, I think are, I, I hope they don't get carried away with anything they see on Saturday, because like you said, for Samford, it's like they may not know until they go to Texas A&M to open SEC play. Like, we're really we were talking about this before we got rolling. We're really still in the infancy of the college football season. And like you just don't know how much you can really take away um, from the first couple of games. I think Auburn in this game is going to start to throw the ball around just because they've had issues with it the first couple of weeks. And truthfully, they, they had issues against UMass, which isn't a good sign. 
you probably want to go ahead and open that thing up and really kind of try to have a net crack game. Western Carolina went 29 to 35 throwing the ball. And so you feel like they'll be able to have success there. But I wanted to ask about the other side of the ball um, again with, with Hatcher. That was something that freeze mentioned on Monday saying, Hey, his, his schematic stuff on offense. I know he's his passing game stuff is, is studied by tons of coaches across the country um, and has been for a while. What is it that he does so well? You mentioned the, the quarterback being able to have such a great season last year. What is it that he does so well um, offensively? Because Hugh Freeze on Monday said, look, I came in and studied the tape from when they played here a few years ago, and uh, it's just so complex for a defense to stop, even a defense that has obviously a lot more talent. It's still there's so many complexities. Yeah, I think the beauty of Hatcher's system is what he's able to do to get guys in space. I mean, he gives his quarterbacks – so many easy throws that can kind of get them in rhythm that their their quick passing game has given teams um, a lot of problems. If you don't have guys that play a lot of man on the outsides, if you play zone, then yeah, he's got some route concepts that will scheme guys open as long as as long as hires is protected. And I mean, they've got a decent little receiving core. I mean, Chandler Smith, their slot guy, was uh, one of the best in FCS a year ago. DJ Rias uh, was a walk on at Alabama, transferred back to Sanford, and is kind of slotted in as wide receiver number two. Ty King is a guy that's a deep ball threat. He's got pretty good speed for the FCS level. EJ Mason, a junior college transfer, looks like he's going to be a pretty significant piece of this passing offense. So they've got some depth at the receiver position. And just the way that Hatcher has been able to scheme it up in his time at Sanford, it seems like he's always able to generate passing offense, regardless of whether Sanford's been able to run the ball. So if that's quick throws on the perimeter, if it's hitches, if it's, um, quick under routes. If it's mesh, you'll see a lot of mesh. You'll see a lot of shallow cross as, as you typically see in a lot of air raid systems, but it forces defenses to kind of cover the whole length of the field. And hires has a strong enough arm to where he forces defense to defenses typically to cover sideline to sideline. So they've shown that they can move the ball against FBS defenses. I think, I think Hatcher is going to do a pretty good job of trying to get hires and rhythm early. I'm not sure how much success they're going to have running the football, to be honest, but I mean, through the air, I, I feel like hires is going to be able to at least move the football within the twenties. Now, once, once it gets a little bit condensed, obviously it gets a little bit tougher when, when you've got a defense that's a little bit bigger and a little bit more athletic than what Sanford sees on a week to week basis. But They've shown outside of last weekend where even only they only scored seven points, but still threw for over 300 yards. They've shown that they can consistently move the football. So I think from that perspective, um, hires and company are going to have a pretty good chance to, to show what they can do against uh, what's probably going to be the best defense they see this year. Yeah, Auburn has kind of keyed in on the run each of the last two weeks. You had a really big physical quarterback when UMass came to town and then Cal has one of the better running backs in the conference. They did a good job on both of them. They've done a good job on the passing game so far, but this is one where I think they do need this test because neither of their first two opponents, that, that hasn't been their identity to, to really sling the ball around and, and make things difficult for the defensive backs back there. And so, you know, that's Elijah McAllister, Auburn's uh, one of Auburn's edge rushers said on the radio this week that hires might be the best quarterback they've seen um, so far. It was a bit of a two quarterback system when they, faced Cal but you know I, this is a team that is known about uh, you know his experience and certainly if you're Samford looking to go for an upset or you know maybe more realistically looking to go and make this a competitive game in Jordan Hare it seems like they have the experience at that position um, to do that yeah I wanted to note real quick uh, just for our listeners the the awesome story of Chandler Smith um, the guy who correct me if I'm wrong he's 100 100 receptions last year um, really really good player 
walk on to backup running back to thousand yard receiver. Uh, Marietta, Georgia guy as well. So this will be a, this will be a fun homecoming for him too. Relatively. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy is fantastic. And I mean, this is, he's another one of the older guys on this team, COVID senior. So this is his sixth year at Sanford. Uh, really was going to have a breakout year, I think, during the COVID campaign when the FCS played in the spring. And I think the very first, either the first or second week of the season, uh, came down awkwardly and bl- broke his wrist and missed the, missed the rest of that spring. So his breakout was kind of delayed by a year. But, I mean, one of the leaders on this football team, a guy that's maybe 5'9", 5'10", but plenty of speed, excellent route runner, was a second-team All-American a year ago. I mean, had 100 catches, over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns had two touchdowns in in the opener against shorter. I mean, he's one of the leaders on the team. And I mean, that's part of the beauty of some of the key spots in the Stanford offense. When you look at Smith, who's playing his sixth year of college football hires has played five or six seasons. Now at college football, Ty King is in his fifth season. Rias is a senior. I mean, you've got experienced guys who, if they're on the same page um, are going to find success one way or another in the passing game, just because, They've played a lot of football, and they've now played multiple seasons of football together. So, one of the uh, definitely one of the strengths of the Sanford team, and it, it's been really fun to see Chandler Smith's journey from from walk on to one of the best receivers in the FCS. Blake, one more for you, and then uh, and then we'll let you go. I know our listeners really appreciate the uh, the insight on their opponent coming to town this weekend. You know, we've talked a little bit about that that Western Carolina results, but how good they were last year and their expectations for this season. What is a, some realistic expectations for the rest of this year, and B, kind of how healthy is the program overall, would you say? I know it's kind of a silly question considering we just talked about a historic last season, but, uh, you know, when you when you gauge a Samford fan on the street, you know, how what's kind of the vibes around the program? How are they feeling about the direction of the program this season and, and within the next few years? Yeah, I mean, this has been kind of the first year, I would say, in in five or six years where expectations were high, which is something that you can't always say about Sanford football. Um, obviously, coming off the awesome year last year, they were picked to finish second in the Southern Conference this year. Uh, so I think, I mean, it's a realistic goal for these guys to get back to the, the, the Southern Conference, top of the Southern Conference standings and to the FCS playoffs again. They've got uh, a couple of big games coming up. They get Furman, uh, who's a top 10 team in FCS at home. They get chattanooga at home they go to mercer there's still some big games left out there um that they're going to need to either win or play really good games to get some fcs playoff consideration but i mean that's that's turned into the expectation which is which is a considerable leap uh for a sanford program who for the three or four seasons prior was kind of hovering around 500 um and and going forward i mean this sanford program is about as healthy as as it's been in quite some time i mean their ability to pull talents out of the transfer portal, I would say, is among the best um, in the Southern Conference and one of the best in the FCS, uh, which has been super encouraging because that's that's just kind of been the way of survival now for a lot of teams that are not in the upper echelon of FBS. How can you acquire talent, whether it's through through high school recruiting and whether it's coming through transfer portal recruiting? I mean, Sanford was very quick to adjust to that to their credit, and it's allowed them – to bring some talented guys into the building that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. So um, I'd say the future looks pretty bright for Sanford at this level. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this Saturday. I think, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Obviously Auburn's got homecoming, um, but I mean, Sanford's got a ton of alumni that live in and around the Southern part of the state in and around Atlanta. I know Sanford sold through their allotment of tickets they got from Auburn. They've sold out their alumni tailgate down there at Auburn. So um, I know the alumni are fired up about this team and, and fired up about, 
getting down to see an awesome Jordan Hare atmosphere coming up on Saturday night. So should be a blast. Yeah, it should be a good one. Like we were talking about at the beginning, I feel like Auburn does sort of make an emphasis to to schedule locally when it comes to uh, to out of conference and on the FCS level. You've seen that over the years, and I think the fans really enjoy that because these are the kind of games where you see a lot of it, like you said, a lot of inter- intermingled uh, tailgating beforehand. You've got all day to do it. So it uh, should be a really great day over there on the plains. Uh, Blake, we, we can't thank you enough. If you guys want to go follow Blake on Twitter at underscore Blake Gardner. If you live in the Birmingham area, you probably know his voice, but if you don't, go check out all of his stuff. He probably is talking about one of your favorite sports teams down there in Birmingham. So thank you so much for uh, for hopping on today. Blake, if you guys enjoyed the show, go leave us a five-star review. It's the number one thing that helps us out. Bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, me and Jason will react after the game. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy your weekend and enjoy the game on Saturday. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.